Hello and welcome to ConstructorCast, your AGC place for news, views, and interviews relevant to you and the construction industry. I am your host, Alan Gray. Today we will be talking about the Build America, Buy America Act that requires U.S. produced materials to be used when spending federal funds to build, alter, repair, and or maintain infrastructure projects. To help us sort through the issues associated with the act, we are fortunate to have two of my AGC colleagues with us today. Jimmy Christensen, Vice President of Government Relations, and Dennis Mustafa, Building Division's Program Coordinator. Welcome to ConstructorCast, gentlemen. Jimmy, we'll start off with you. The construction industry has been dealing with domestic preference requirements for years in one shape or another with Buy American and Buy America Acts, American Iron and Steel requirements, and now we have the Build America, Buy America Act. Can you help us understand the differences, if any, between buy, build, America versus American in the various titles and why we have these requirements? Sure, Alan. Thank you, and I'm happy to be here. The uh, Buy American Act, with an N at the end of American, applies to direct federal construction projects. So if you're working directly as a prime or subcontractor for a federal agency, this says that you have to ensure that 55% of your manufactured products are made in America, iron and steel made in America, and construction materials made in America. However, the big thing here, this has been in place since 1933. It was actually Herbert Hoover's last bill that he signed into law. Give you perspective of how successful it's been as far as successful presidents. But the thing to remember here is that the federal government is involved in trade agreements. And under the 1979 Trade Agreements Act, any you know construction materials, manufactured products, if we have a trade agreement act or a trade agreement with one of those countries, and there's about 100 plus, any items from those countries are then considered de facto made in America to meet our trade obligations. That is significantly different than Buy America. That was uh, enacted for transportation construction projects back in the early 80s. Buy America applies the same requirements as Buy American, only it applies to state DOTs, It also applies more recently to uh, the state revolving loan funds for uh, water and wastewater projects, but it's iron and steel manufactured products, and it did not include construction materials. The reason being, these dollars are ultimately spent by and solicited for projects by state and local governments, and state and local governments don't make trade agreements. That's the federal government's role, so there's no out for the states to get those materials from their from trade partners because of the international trade agreements and laws and the fact that under our constitution they can't make those. So and there was an understanding at least then that it's really hard to find construction materials that are all made in America. Unfortunately, this remains the case in many situations and this we get to the Build America Buy America Act that was enacted in the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, otherwise known as the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law back in November, which ultimately expands for Buy America projects, those federal aid projects, construction materials to the mix for things that have to be Buy America and made in America. So for state and local projects or federal funds that are going to private entities, 
again, that's a little more complicated when you don't have the loophole of uh, foreign countries to help you for finding those materials. Thank you. And so you brought us up to the subject of our podcast today, and that's the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Creation Act, as you pointed out, also known as the Bipartisan Infrastructure Legislation. So for convenience, we'll call it BIL for now. And that brings me to you, Dennis. Can you tell us a little bit about what the new rules are and and are the processes, procedures for implementing the requirements in place? So before I even begin talking about what the new rules are and what the contractors have to do on these projects, we should mention that the final guidance on all of these rules has not been set yet, and it is still in the process of being determined and all of the requirements are not yet known to us. With that said, we do know a few things at least. So as Jimmy mentioned previously, Build America, Buy America will involve uh, iron and steel to be made in America manufactured products to be made in America, as well as construction materials. So for each of these materials, they all have their specific requirements on what that entails. For iron and steel, that means that the manufacturing process for those uh, materials needs to be a specific stage, and that would involve from the melting to the coating stage, needs to take place in America. For manufactured products and for construction materials, those processes have not yet been put in place. One of the very concerning parts of this is that we do not know exactly which materials will be involved in the long run. As of now, we do know that uh, some of the materials involved under the term construction materials will include drywall, lumber, glass, plastics, and non-ferrous metals. So that pretty much takes care of a lot of different construction materials that are used on projects. With those, we do not know if there will be any additions made to it, if there will be any subtractions made to it, uh, as the final guidance has not yet been made on those. So things that contractors will have to look out for in these new rules will be on trying to figure out how much of these new materials they use and what the sourcing of that material is as the government will require on any federally financed project that these materials are made in America in some shape or form. Okay, and to that point, there are different agencies that will be enforcing the requirements within their area of fundings, and you mentioned that there will be guidance given. Will all of them use the same processes and procedures, or will it be, or do we know? At the moment, we don't know what will happen exactly, as it seems different agencies will have different processes. But as we've said, we don't know exactly. The Office of Management and Budget in the White House is currently in the process of determining how these rules will take effect and what the federal agencies will have to do. Certain processes will probably still be dependent on the federal agencies themselves, such as uh, parts of the waiver process or possible waivers that they issue just specific to their own agencies. Yeah, and according to the Act, these requirements went into effect on May the 14th. So are contractors being required now across the board to be complying with these requirements? Certain contractors will begin having to comply with these, but some will not. Certain agencies have already passed uh, specific waivers that are applicable to specific parts of this Build America, Buy America requirements. And uh, some of them have passed general waivers that apply to the whole thing so that they won't be in effect for at least a few more months. 
So, for example, we have the Department of Transportation that has passed a waiver so that the construction materials section of this of these requirements is not in effect yet. Department of Housing and Urban Development is doing a general waiver at the moment for six months. So contractors won't have to abide by these rules until sometime in November of 2022. But each agency is on its own in this case, and some will choose to just go ahead with it and will include it on any new projects or any new contracts that they are signing following May 14th. Okay, and the next question I have is for either one of you. How does the process work from you're in the field, you're on a job, and you find out that it's not available for purchase and meeting the requirements? What happens then on a project that it goes through the processes on the state and local level back to Washington and back down? You know, first off, generally speaking, contractors that work on these federal aid jobs or direct federal work work with their manufacturers or suppliers to have some sort of certification or letter from those manufacturers, suppliers to ensure that this is actually made in America and meets those requirements. That's always something, a nice piece of paper you want to keep for the auditors or for the uh, inspectors. If you don't have one of those pieces of paper or someone asks you for it and you need these materials, you look, you talk to other suppliers, manufacturers to see if they have the material or the product that you need to meet the requirements of Buy America or Buy American, and they say they don't, you have to go and ask up the chain for a waiver from the federal agency. That process is and how those waivers are granted differs in every agency. Some agencies like FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, grant a lot of waivers. The Federal Highway Administration, however, at least in the last four or five years, has granted only five or six waivers. So it really depends on the agency. They might have slightly different rules even for determining Buy America or Buy American in their various bailiwicks. So it's not a straightforward process. And in, sometimes it could take years to get a waiver. It's not straightforward. It's difficult. And it's something contractors need to keep in mind before they bid these projects. Thank you. And right now we're having terrific problems with supply chain and availability of any products and materials. Can you talk a little bit about that situation and how this exacerbates that? And understanding that we support the goals and um, understandable lofty goals of the Buy America requirements to bring manufacturing back to the United States and American jobs. But how on top of the supply chain is this adding to an already bad situation? To understand the lofty goals of Build America, Buy America, we kind of have to look at the government's goals, which are to spur manufacturing in America. And that's something that we obviously support. We want uh, the manufacturing industry to thrive in America, but we don't really uh, support the way that it is being done in Build America, Buy America, especially as you mentioned, Alan, in times of insane supply chain shortages, material shortages, labor shortages, the construction industry is facing immense challenges at the moment. And this will just add one extra layer of tasks and challenges that our members will have to face. So some of these things can become problems because in the middle of a project, if let's say there is a sudden shortage of a material, then they have to go through the whole process of waivers. And that can delay a project depending on what that material is by weeks, months, who really knows. And the problem is that these shortages can happen 
very quickly without any notice. One of our members that I spoke to actually used the terminology of the baby formula shortage that has happened and is still taking place. Parents were not expecting it. And all of a sudden, it caused huge chaos for all parents across America that relied on baby formula. It's going to be a similar situation for a lot of our members if all of a sudden they can't find a specific material that they need to build a building or a highway or whatever might be the case, and they're just stuck there and they might have the availability to find it from a different source, but they can't find it made in America. And that can cause a huge number of issues. Our main concerns are obviously damage to the project itself, uh, delays and setbacks, and how that affects our members as well. So all of these goals that Build America, Buy America has can have very adverse effects in how a project takes place and the timeline that it takes place in. Alan, you know, to throw a little more meat on the bones that Dennis threw out there, we're hearing from some members that cast iron, epoxy-coated bronze and brass fittings for water mains, for example, when they don't have these domestic requirements, uh, lead times of six to nine months, depending upon which brand is specified. On projects that do have Buy America or American-made standards, the delays are anywhere from 11 to 14 months. You have situations where, obviously, we've seen material prices already skyrocket. You know, across the board, we're talking about material prices of over 20% uh, from last year. That's a significant uh, consideration. And then you have members, you know, constantly just trying to stockpile those materials and just how is this going to work? You know, Dennis and I were speaking to some folks that work for HUD, the Housing and Urban Development Department, and they do both. Uh, HUD has never had Made in America requirements apply to its program. Uh, they build a lot of affordable housing projects. And not only does this apply to the building of those projects, but to the repair. And they did service work and they said, okay, we a lot of the toilets aren't necessarily meeting Made in America, Buy America standards. So if someone has a toilet out in these affordable housing units, we're supposed to tell them, sorry, there's no inventory, wait four months before we give you a, a working toilet. You know, that's just crazy and unreasonable. And unfortunately, that's the uh, thing that before you actually put these rules into effect, you should figure out beforehand. But the White House Office of Management and Budget doesn't seem to want to think about it and would rather uh, find out the, the hard way that you need to actually talk to agencies, talk to contractors, talk to suppliers to determine what's realistic and what's not so that you can have a reasonable waiver system and that you can actually then also seek to find areas that you can bring manufacturing back to America at the right time, not at the time you just arbitrarily choose. To add on to Jimmy's point, one thing that also concerns us is that with the escalating prices of materials and the problem that certain materials, when made domestically, will cost more than when they are imported, this can have the effect of increasing the cost of projects. And in the context of the bipartisan infrastructure law that has a set amount of money located to specific projects, if these costs for these projects go up, that might cause those specific projects to be either scaled back or canceled because they've already ran out of money for that infrastructure project that was planned. So while this money is appreciated and needed for the American people, it can take away 
some of the much needed improvements that are planned in the bipartisan infrastructure law. Wow. And this is important. And Jimmy, you hit on it, what we're hearing from members out in the field and how we represent them in Washington and to these agencies. How important is it for us as AGC to hear from the members and their stories in the field and what can they do to help us help the industry and themselves in the whole waiver process and the BABAA requirement fulfillment? Engage with us at the national level, at your local level, state or local, and make sure that you talk to your chapter executive or to us here at national to give us an idea of what issues you're having, because the reality is if you're having them out there in the field, you're likely not alone. And the best information we get is from the field. That's something that these agencies in the ivory tower don't get to uh, experience and they want to hear that information because believe it or not, you know, the uh, HUD wants to build affordable housing. The Army Corps wants to build locks and dams and military barracks. That's their their mission. And the DOTs want to build transportation and transit agencies want to build more public transit. And they want to also make sure they comply with the law. Anything that you put out there will help them figure out a way that they can help move the process faster so that we can, at the end of the day, partner together to get the job done. I think that's uh, what we have done as AGC for a long time. And again, that relationship that we share with these agencies, while we often find ourselves agreeing to disagree, we know at the end of the day that we are linked to the hip and want to succeed together. Uh, and to do that, the information that you have should be imparted to the folks you know in your chapter and, and filtered up to us here at National or directly contact us. All of our contact information is on agc.org. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. To everyone out there, we appreciate you listening. This has been AGC Constructor Cast. Please subscribe to Constructor Cast from your podcast app or stream all episodes from your computer or device at agc.org slash constructorcast. If you found value in today's episode, please give us a rating and write a review. This will help others find the show. And don't forget, you can follow us on social media at LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram simply by searching Associated General Contractors. Or you can use our handle at agcofa. Again, thank you very much for joining us and stay safe.